0: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, you are blessed. I welcome you to this second service. And uh, we are going to continue in our, since Pastor Bola has stolen my, uh, my time, uh, yeah, it's only an hour and a half, you know. Yeah, you spend half of it dancing. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to continue in the spirit of uh, the theme of the month, which we declared that it, it's not what? Over. Come on, tell your neighbor it's not over. It's not what? over Amen. And I'm, and I'm going to lead you in a series of prayers after this uh, message, because I sincerely believe that the year is coming to an end, but your promises are not coming to an end. The end of the year does not mean the end of your promise. The end of the year does not mean the year of the end of God's intervention.? Okay, um, I, believe, I believe in divine intervention. I don't know, I, I may be old school, but I believe in miracles. I believe that God still does wonders. I don't know about you, I believe that God still answers prayers. I don't know about you, I believe that um, a prayerful person is a powerful person. I believe that the Word of God is inscribed and prescribed by the Holy Spirit. Call me old school, but it's what it works for me. Amen. And, and that's what I want to also try and introduce you to. I want to try and introduce you um, to uh, live a prayerful life and to believe in the supernatural and to believe in spiritual things and to grow spiritually and, and above all, be a disciple of Jesus. Amen. Throughout this season, I want to encourage you to share your story of uh, faith with someone. What does that mean? You're not going to bash someone in the head and say, oh, you must come to church. Yeah, that would be nice if you can do that, but that would not be acceptable. But it would be nice if people hear your story. You know, your story, story, how you come into faith. How come you believe what you believe? What works for you? It would be nice for people to know that. It would be nice for people to hear from you, for you to share that with uh, around this Christmas time. Amen? Because it's not enough for us to just uh, take the turkey. It would be unfair for us to just eat the turkey, get the gift, and not talk about the person of Jesus, amen? That would not be nice. So always do that, always do for an opportunity to talk about your encounter with the person of Jesus. That's what makes you and I disciples, and that's what this mission, this mission has been going on from, from, from over 2,000 years ago, and the mission is clear. It says you what? You go and make disciples of all nations. You go and make disciples of all nations. It didn't say go and do church, it's very interesting, there are so many people today who claim that they are Christians, but they are not. Say, well, Pastor, how do you know they are not Christians? But their behavior. Is say, by their fruit? Yeah. No, by their confession. Yeah, it's, it's by their fruit we know them. It's by their fruit we know them. Uh, so, but it's, but it's not a call to sinless perfection, no. But it's a call for progressive development. Yeah, I say. when I was a child, I spoke like a child and I did childish things. So. That is acceptable. And so what we want is your understanding of the person of Jesus and challenging yourself to grow in Christ. And we grow in Christ by using the life of Jesus as prescribed in the Bible. It's as simple as that. It's not rocket science, isn't it? we read the Bible, we believe it and we behave accordingly. End of story. And we get others to believe with us and behave accordingly. End of story. If we do that, if we are able to share that with our whole nation, I'm sure we will drive the rapist out of town. We will drive the pedophile out of town. We will drive the bullies out of town. Yeah, right? But if we don't do our job, we just sit down here and watch uh, the, our entire nation, our entire community, our entire society self-implode. And that's what we find these days. You know. So uh, Because the things that drive people to do the crime they do it's more than the ordinary. It's more than the ordinary. You know? It takes a lot to take a life. It takes a lot to kill someone. It takes a lot to, to do the things, the things we hear. But I don't want us to bury our head in the sand and think, oh, wait, that's, in a, that's in a distant uh, place. We live in a society. And God has called us, the church, to be the watchmen. You are a watchman. So it's a very exciting time to be a Christian. It's a very exciting time to be a a disciple of Jesus. And so this Christmas season gives you an opportunity to look inward and look at your encounter with the person of Jesus and ask yourself how many people have I influenced with this personal encounter? Who is grateful that you introduced them to Christ? Who is grateful that they have grown in faith because of you? Who is grateful? And I think that's a very good yardstick to measure your spiritual development. Who is grateful? And that's why we always celebrate um, uh, the people that God adds to us on a weekly basis and the fact that our church members are living the life of of a disciple by inviting one more person. I want to share this story with you. A gentleman showed up in church. There's a gentleman showed up in church one one day. I read this this somewhere. And he he, he was in crutches. And after the service, they went to him and they said, um, um, wow, welcome to church. Why 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 did you choose to visit today? You, You should be in hospital. And I said, well, let me share my story with you. He said a few months earlier he was driving and he had and he had an accident. He said the accident was so terrible. He said but he was he was unconscious. He said but uh, so the, I think he was unconscious. So they revived him. He said but why they were putting him in the ambulance? He remembered he remembered the um, I don't know what they call them the those who, the guys the paramedics yes. He said I, I remember the paramedics telling me that I have no business living. That this accident is so bad, that he, that he that, that that you have no business being alive, based on the, uh, the the yeah because of the because of the accident, and so and uh, so he said he made up his mind right there that the day he um, the day, if God can if he can if he, if he gets out of this he will make his way to a church, so the pastor now asked him, but why this church? You've come from a very distant place. Why why why? I mean it must have He said, yes. He said, because I have a friend called Jim. He said, and Jim every week invites me to his church. He said, so now he said, well, so when I came out of the hospital, I remembered my friend Jim. And I'm so grateful to Jim for constantly, persistently telling me and offering me this invitation that's why I have chosen this church. But Jim came there, he was traveling through the town, and he stayed there for, for a few months, and then he moved on. But in the few months that Jim stayed in that city, he reached out to this guy every single week, inviting that guy to church. You can never tell who will be grateful that God has used you right, to reach out to him. You know, Jesus is no longer living in physical form, but he's living in you and I. And that's why he said, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to do the things that you are doing. Amen? And so if this faith is, uh, if you are comfortable with this faith, there are many many more people just like you who are looking for an opportunity. And secondly, they, they did a survey. I did a survey of, um, of um, it was a thing about two years ago. A church called Life Church did a survey and interviewed people about how, uh, interviewed people about how they've come to, to faith. And 51% of that, uh, of that population said that they came to faith because someone persistently invited them to church. And it was more than Facebook. It was more than billboard. It was more than well, whatever it is you give out. You know, said persistently invited them. And so I want you to know that we are fighting a spiritual battle. We are fighting a what? A spiritual battle. And God has called us to liberate men, deliver them from hell into the kingdom of light. And He will rely on you by you sharing your story of a personal encounter. Well, if you don't have a personal encounter with Jesus, I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm not talking about church attendance. If you don't have a personal encounter with Jesus, well, this, is, this Christmas time is a good time to ask yourself and give yourself the gift of eternal life, right? On your way to M&S, right? Stop at Heaven's, Heaven's shop and, give, and, yeah, and, give, and ask yourself, what's my relationship with Jesus? Do I know the person of Jesus, or am I playing church? Does that make sense? So give yourself the gift of eternal life, right? If you die today, where will you end up, heaven or hell? I don't believe in hell. Do you want to wait to find out? Don't wait to find out. Take your insurance policy, right? So Merry Christmas, everyone. And uh, you can smile. <laughs> yeah. Praise the Lord. But today, I want to quickly continue my message. It's not over. Right? And every t- everything we read in the Bible tells us that the promises of God, right? they are, they are, they are, they are, they are there for us to take advantage of any time. It is the year coming to an end, not God's promises. God's promises do not have expiry date. And I want to share with you from scriptures, right, uh, evidence from scriptures. And I say scriptures because I believe in the Bible and I want you to believe in the Bible. I want the Bible, to be, I want the Bible to be the basis of your living. The Bible to be the basis of your perspective and action in life, the scriptures. So I believe in the Bible, and I believe the I believe the stories in the Bible. I believe they happened, and I and the Bible, like the Bible said, they are for our examples. And I draw I draw inferences and references from scriptures. And so the Bible, they will, I'll I look at the case study in the case of uh, uh, a case study with, with Lazarus, and I, and I know that you you know you know the scripture. So again, but why? What, what happens also in December? I believe that December is what 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 I call what I call a a midnight month, you know. And things happen at midnight. Things happen at midnight. And so you find that every night, every day at midnight, certain things happen, there's a change of season. From 11.59, there's midnight, and they say, well, it's reset time. So the day starts at midnight. Does that make sense? So the day does not start when you wake up, you know. For those of you who have a long line in, you know, 10 o'clock, and, uh, no, no, you're already 10 hours into the day, yeah. So, so the day does not start when you wake up. So but certain things happen at midnight. At midnight, even nature, time tells us there's a reset button. And I say, well, it's no longer, it's, it's now yesterday. Yeah, it's now yesterday. At midnight, if you, are, if you are still up like myself at night, going through your emails and responding to your emails, at midnight, all of a sudden, everything just changes. It says yesterday, right? Once upon a time, well, at, at some point, it will be now, current time. Then one second, your whole folder goes to yesterday. It's not interesting. So things happen at, 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 at midnight. So I want to share with you what you should expect this December because December, the uh, the midnight, is that time before the change of a season, the change of an era, or the change of the day, or the change of the year. So December is a midnight season. Just like your, if you are looking at it, if it relates to a day, that will be your 11 o'clock, 11 p.m. That will be your 2300 hours, right? Just approaching midnight for the change. So, so, the, so midnight tells you that a change is coming, right? 11:59. A change is coming. Zero, 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 bang. That's next day. Does that make sense? So the same thing. So December is a midnight season, and I want to share with you from scriptures what happens in, at midnight. So I encourage you, and I will pray with you. Is that okay? All right. So we see. Let's grab this one case study which has blessed me and still blesses me today. 11, um, John 11:38 was a story about a man who died. His name is Lazarus. The Bible says that then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb. It was a cave, and, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. I mean, this guy died, and for three or four days he was buried, and his case was closed. And this is, not just, this is just one of many instances that Jesus used to, uh, in the Bible, that Jesus used to encourage us never to give up. This is one of the numerous examples and there are countless of them in the Bible. I love, reading, I, love, I love reading stories like this because they boost my faith. And this is just one of them. This guy was done and dusted. He was buried and for four days. But the Bible says that, and the Bible says Jesus came and said, take away the stone. And then Martha, the sister of the man who was dead, right, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench. This is a forgotten story. It's all right. We can deal with it. I can accept, I can accept my unemployment. I've been unemployed for a very long time. I can accept the state of my marriage. He's been dead for, for a few years now. Right? Maybe this is my lot. Or I can accept that this is, this is the this is the condition of my, of my child. He's been bullied in school. Maybe God will strengthen him. I can accept. So we see there's a state of submission and acceptance. Right? But but look at what Jesus said. Jesus said, "Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you will see the glory of God?" Did I not tell you that if you would believe, that we don't give up on this race, unless if it is not the will of God? And so the greatest fight you and I will fight is 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 finding out what the will of God is. If we know what the will of God is, my brother and my sister, we stay put and fight to the end. We stay put and fight to the end. What is the will of God for you in this matter? What is the will of God for you in your job? What is the will of God for you in your career? Do you know? What is the will of God for you in your children? What is the will of God for you in your life? Do you know? Find out. But once you find out, I'm telling you, you don't give up. You don't quit. You fight it out. You fight it out till the end. And that's what Jesus was telling her. But I told you, And the Bible says, when they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me and I know that you always helped me. But because of these people who are standing by, who will never believe, but for their sake, show them one more time. For their sake. And so I'm telling you this morning, don't give up. Don't quit. Be strong. Be resolute. Find out what the will of God is and stand by it, and keep believing because the miracles of God never expires. The promises of God never expires. Whatever God has shown you, whatever God has given to you, whatever you have perceived, God has has promised you, I'm saying hold on to it with your dear life and fight for it. You have every right to believe it and walk in it until you find the manifestation. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, but what should, what should we be doing around this time, this December time? What should we be doing? I want to really share with you a few things that happens at midnight, all right, so as to encourage your heart. Amen. You see, as a pastor, I, I, I always ask God to give me opportunities to, to, um, to prove, to prove my, my faith, to believe him. I do that regularly. You know, I believe God for myself. I believe God for my children, I believe God for my spiritual children, I believe God for my church. I, and as an individual, I also, want to, I also want to prove to myself that I'm growing, that I'm not just preaching. You can preach and not grow. You can preach and not be developed. I don't want to be the one that preaches the gospel and every other one gets, gets to heaven, they make it, they grow, and then and I just have the, what do you call it, uh, for show? Sure. I don't want for show. Sure, I want the real stuff. Every now and then, I say, ask God, Lord, you know what? Show me, O God, that you exist. Show me, your God, that you hear prayer. Show me, your God, you know. And I was sharing in the first service today about just a little thing I was, I was talking to God about just this weekend. And I just sat down, you know, and I said, Lord, you know, I was going through planning for next year. So he came to finances. I said, yeah, finances, what should I believe? I said, but Lord, I've worked for you this year. I've been a very faithful worker. You know, I've been a very faithful type. I've been a giver and I've saved your children. I said, "Why I deserve a raise. I said, Lord, will you, will you bless me, Lord? Just 10K we do, extra. In one of those things you're doing on your note and you just say, <laughs> 10K. <laughs> and I let it. And a few hours later, Pastor Bola came and I said, oh, you don't believe what I've done. I said, well, what have you done? And then she told me that she called our mortgage company. And then she asked them, asked them if this was the best rate. And they said no. And then she asked them what's the best rate. And I asked her, what do you want? But guess what? Got a long story short. They dropped my mortgage by 550 pounds. I'm not sharing any of them with you. Yeah. Per month, five hundred and fifty pounds per. M- so you to go and call your. Now that the, the anointing is here, go. On, I know. Anyway, I don't need to say that because I know. I know once you leave, they say hello, hello. Is this the best deal? Is this the best? Get to know God, don't hustle. <laughs> now, <Nah>, that, <laughs> that, that's hustling. Don't, don't hustle. Get to know God. Get to know God, right? But, but actually, go and try. Yeah, go and try. It's, it's, it's up for grabs. But, but and, I, and I just, that was me. And then I said, I said, wow, 550. Quickly, I brought up my calculator, did, did the maths. I said, ah, oh, I said, that's 6,600 pounds at the end of next year. And then she said, Oh, well, did you know that we'll be paying for certain things every month that is coming to an end? And so we'll stop paying 250 pounds a month. I said, Really? So I answered, I said, But do you know what the conversation I had with the Holy Spirit about her income? That I just needed 10K. And I thought, ah, Why did I say 10? <laughs> what was wrong with you? You, two, you don't believe this stuff. You don't believe this stuff you are preaching. Why did I say 10? Why did I just say, oh Lord, Holy Spirit, write off my mortgage. <laughs> and then I'll get a phone call saying, well, the that the, your mortgage company has gone into li- liquidation. We can't find your file. And so because of that, <laughs> anything is possible. Uh, tell your neighbor, anything is, anything is possible. That is the life we live. Anything is, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. That's the life of faith. But you must be in Faith. You yeah? must be in faith. Two, you must be trusting. For many of you don't trust God. You don't trust God. You need a lot of motivation to pray. You need a lot of motivation to pray. You just need a lot of motivation to even read your Bible. You need a, you need a lot of motivation to draw near to the Holy Spirit. All right? You shouldn't live like that. A life of a disciple, be a disciple. A disciple is a follower a spiritual student for life, amen? So let's look at um, uh, the, one of some things that happens at um, midnight, okay? One of the things that happens at midnight is that God takes revenge, God revenges. God deals with the issues that affect his children. That's one of the things that happens in a season like this, right? So we, we say, well, Pastor, why? Well, Exodus 11, 4. Exodus 11, chapter, verse 4, it says, then Moses said, first says the Lord, about midnight, I will go out into the midst of Egypt, about midnight. And it was clear. If God emphasizes a time, then you should emphasize it as well. About midnight, I will go out into the midst of Egypt. This was a nation that would not allow the people go. You know the history. You've watched Prince of Egypt, haven't you? Yeah. And, and what did he do? Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. Look at what he did at midnight. right? And all the firstborn of the land of, of Egypt shall die. Ouch. From the firstborn of Pharaoh down to the firstborn of the animals at midnight. Okay, not to cause you panic or fear. You may think, yeah, but this pastor, but this doesn't make sense. Yeah, but that was years ago. But I live in England now. You know, I have fish and chips. For I have fish and chips. You know, there's McDonald's. There's Burger King. They didn't have Burger King that time. There's Instagram, Facebook, and they didn't have Twitter in their time. So maybe this is not relevant. But that's because you are looking at it from a natural perspective. But you are all educated. Why don't you take the case study and look at the and look at their background to the story and look at the principles garden it? Okay. So these were a people that were held against their will. Oh, but pastor, but I'm not being held against my will. Okay, fair enough. But these were a people who couldn't do what they feel like doing. Yeah? How many people do you know today who work every day and get bypassed for promotion? That's how you read the Bible. That's where application comes in. How many people today do you find that they are unhappy and yet cannot say this is the reason why I'm unhappy? Do you understand what I'm saying? How many people? How many people do you know who do not have a clear-cut explanation for the negative situation of life they find themselves in? How many people do you know? Well, if that's not siege and a harassment, I don't know what is. How many people do you know who work? Now, it's not everyone you find who is unsuccessful that is lazy. How many people do you find, right? You say, well, you don't need to look out. Just look, look at your family. Can you find one cousin who really, you know what, this guy really tries? How many people do you know who work? They work extremely hard, but they just can't rub two nickels together. How many? How many? How many? How many do you find who are ill, yet they cannot say this is the cause of your illness? How do you explain that? How do you explain someone who is out of job for a very long time for no reason? You said education is educated. You say do a course, they've done all the courses they can find to do, and yet, just at the moment they find the job they love, they've done the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, they uh, say, Excuse me. Uh, we found someone who has more experience than you. First time, you say, Well, okay, okay, okay. Ah, second time, say, ah, Okay, well, okay. Second time, ah. man, I don't know about you, man. You take that kind of beating. But for the, by the seventh time, man, you don't want to apply for any job. How many do you know? But the Bible tells me. That at midnight, God can move on behalf of his people and he can strike down things that works against his people. I believe that. I believe that. Do you? And so at this midnight hour, God can move, God can do. About midnight, I will go out. About midnight. December is the midnight season because the year is coming to a close and a new year is unveiling. Every day there is midnight, right? So the day comes to a close, and that day unveils. So you must be prayerful at midnight because God works certain things, and he revenges at midnight. The second thing that God does, again, we see is intervention. Acts 16, verse 25. Pull up the scripture for me quickly, please. Acts 16, verse 25. I know you know this scripture as well, yeah? Acts 16. But at midnight. Do you see that? Is that a coincidence? But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners heard them, and the Bible says, suddenly, the foundation of the prison was shaking. At midnight. At midnight. I caught a revelation of this about 10 years ago. In fact, I did a program, a three-soft program. That was the turning point of this church. This was 2010. I did a program called the Seven Midnight Watch. We were here and we were praying. How many of you remember? Oh, how many of you don't remember remember what Seven Midnight Watch is? Okay. And And that was the time this church changed. I had two options be speaking grammar about growth, right? And I was constantly harassed. Be speaking grammar about growth or pray at midnight. And we got the entire church praying at midnight. That was when the turning of this church changed. I was harassed. Do you understand? So, I pray that this midnight season God will answer your prayers in Jesus' mighty name. But I want you to... Understand this, receive it, and expect great things to happen in Jesus' mighty name. Let's look at another scripture before we pray. Psalm 17. Psalm 17, verse 3. It says, You have tested my heart. You have visited me when? In the morning? In the night. In the night. The night. December is a midnight season. You know why? Because the year is coming to an end. 11 p.m. is a midnight season. You know why? Because the day is coming to an end. Great things happen at midnight. And I pray that God will visit you. So, this is a promise for all of us. This month, God will visit you. You know why? Because it's the midnight of the year. It's the midnight of the year. Praise the Lord. What did I say? It's the midnight of the year, and God will answer your prayers in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 16. I read from verse 3. It says, And Samson lay low until morning time. Until when? Midnight. Until when? Midnight. This was a warrior. This was a guy who knew how to how to dominate a city with unusual weapon. And the Bible says he lay low until what? Midnight. And then he what? He what? Arose. He got up. At when? Midnight. Ah, ah. Oh that is it. Can you catch are you catching this? Or am I just getting excited here for nothing? And look at what he said. He says, and then he took hold of the doors of the gates of the city. You can't, if you are looking for divine intervention on the, about your career, you can't be sleeping at midnight. How can you be snoring at 11 p.m. in the night and you say you want career breakthrough in the city? It doesn't work. Those who seek the gates of the city, they lie low until when? Uh-huh. They sleep during the day and seize the gates at night. That's what they do. Is that something you are believing God for? You lie low until midnight. There's a strength for dominion that comes upon you at midnight. Not when you are sleeping. You can't be asking for career breakthrough and be stretching and turning and yawning by 11 p.m. at night. No, no, God visits at midnight. And I'm believing God, and praying for you that God will visit you at midnight. this Throughout this month, the midnight of this year, as we crystallize into the first December, right? Between now and then, my God will answer your prayers in the mighty name of Jesus. Rise to your feet and let us pray this.